0: Hey everybody. Hey, good afternoon everybody. We uh oh wait, I'm trying not to sound like a 90s disc jockey. My bad. No, no, no. My bad. No, not you take it cuz you made fun of me last week and had somebody else go. Yeah, you did kind of sound like a
1: 90s uh 90s DJ. It it wasn't supposed to be a criticism. I I like 90s disc jockeys. I took it as a criticism. Well, maybe
0: you're being a little too sensitive. You're too sensitive. How about that? So we were just talking about, uh, Luke has uh, probably some dumb game
1: for us to play today. I, I and, do.
0: Yeah, so, so why don't you share what the game is.
1: Hi, Carolyn. Welcome. Today we're playing Witch Calvin. Last time we did John Calvin and Calvin Coolidge. Today we'll be doing John Calvin and Calvin and Hobbes. Okay. And we, I encourage you to play along in the comment section as we go.
0: Okay, what do the people win
1: if i lose i th- i think what i think what we can put at stake here is uh hmm.
0: wow well, this okay this is taking entirely too long <laughs>
1: Well, I, 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 just, <laughs> ready, but
0: I didn't think at all about it hey west welcome th- this is why this is why we should actually put some effort into uh um, hey
1: into planning hey. Hey, and he, by he, by we I mean have, you. They don't have to know how poorly we planned this. You don't have to uh, tell them that. Again, by we, we mean you. <laughs> I appreciate Eric that you that you always lay your cards out on the table. How about today <laughs> we just play for fun? Okay, here okay. we go. Okay, there let's go. play for
0: fun. Let's play for fun.
1: All right. The torture of a bad conscience is the hell of a living soul. Is that John Calvin? Okay. Okay. All right. That one that one was one a little for bit, one. that one was a little bit too easy. That's okay. Again, I got, again I no effort on Luke's part. Hey. Hey, come on now. The come Witch on. Luther game,
0: man, that, that was that would although you guys did really well. Um, you know, I I put some effort into that one.
1: All right. There is no reason why our minds should be overwhelmed with fear and overcome with weariness. John Calvin. Okay. All right. Next one. Trick or
0: treat. Oh, that's a real tough one. Calvin Hobbes. Okay. All right. All right. This is why you need to put more effort into things. (laughs) When, like, when you went to when you graduated from homeschool and went to public school, you know how like did they put numbers or like give you a grade on how much how much you paid attention, your behavior, or effort in class? Yeah, 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 yeah. So on a scale of one to four, with one being high and four being low, what did you get?
1: You know what's funny? Uh, Until college, I was. Not only a straight A student, but a near perfect student in terms of effort and attention. I don't, okay. think, I don't think I ever got less than the highest score in those little categories. Maybe
0: now. maybe we should tap into high school Luke instead of college Luke.
1: Well, I guess high school Luke start started struggling a little bit. Really, what you want is elementary middle school Luke. I was really on my game then. I've got, what, got, got, I've, got one I've got one for you now. You ready? Okay. All right. Here okay. you go. Van Gogh would have sold more than one painting if he'd put tigers in them. Calvin
0: and Hobbes. Okay. All right. Are let's we... move on. Let, let's
1: move. This is just this is
0: this is painful to watch you um, try to stump me on this on things that are
1: really quite simple. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> because because you're being so honest today, I'm going to be really honest. Uh, this was always the plan when we played this version of <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes. was I had every intention of reading the worst possible quotes from Calvin and Hobbes just so I could laugh at you while you got upset.
0: (laughs) That's fair. Uh, You and Bickford, between the two of you, (laughs) you really know how to set me off. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, But, hey, before we we get into uh, our talk for today, we just want to thank our Banter Club members. You can join us on Patreon. Join the Banter Club. Uh, Look us up. Patreon forward slash Banter Club. Or no. Bible banter. I'm sorry. Um, thank you guys for supporting us and um, and all the stuff. Uh, last weekend, I, you can actually check out. We had a like twenty minute um, twenty minute talk about George Floyd and kind of racial reconciliation a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And we just want to recognize that um, today we're kind of at a time in, of national mourning. And I think the church is mourning as well. The loss of George Floyd and then all the the rampant. Um, riots that have happened but I also thought Luke and I didn't even talk about this I I considered us having um, a conversation about that in more depth today but to be honest I just needed to laugh today cuz I've been depressed for a week so um so I hope we're not being flippant or anything like that regarding that because we're we're definitely taking things quite seriously
1: yeah no I don't, I don't I don't think it's flippant to say that Uh, you can't constantly be thinking about that kind of thing. We're not, we're not avoiding those issues. I I know that you're really engaged and really uh, trying to be aware of what's going on and how to address it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no biblical call to constant, uh, a constant state of being somber. I think it's okay to find a little bit of lightness and joy in the midst of difficult circumstances.
0: But with that said, I was listening to some sports talk radio this morning because Mm -hmm. I'm a terrible person and and I enjoy that type of thing. So they were talking about and there's really no sports. So what else are you going to to talk about? But they had brought up some sound, uh, this clip from the mayor of Buffalo and uh, apparently something that happened over the weekend or maybe it was last night and there were riots I don't know how expensive the riots were. Maybe just a few things got broken. I don't know if a few things get broken is considered a riot, but that's neither here nor there. There was a news crew out in front of a building, and this punk kid and a few other punks uh, ended up breaking the glass into this building with the camera crew watching them like lights and everything. And then threw something that was already on fire, like a cardboard box, and then threw it in there in an attempt to, to light it on fire in the mayor. If there is, I mean, it is hilarious. He has like a five minute press conference about it. And he says, we have you on camera, you idiots. And the way he says it, like it's so definitive of how dumb and depraved these individuals are. Like, it's almost like I really hate that you came after our city this way, but I'm really even more disappointed in the fact that you are so dumb that you saw the news crew right there and you still desi- uh, decided that you were going to try to burn this place down.
1: Uh, yeah, I I think it's safe to say, um, not the protesters, but the looters, the people destroying property, that most of them are not going through a rational thought process before engaging no. in that kind of behavior. no.
0: No. And there's no excuse for it. I don't, I don't care what people say. There's no excuse for stealing other people's property.
1: Yeah. Well, we, we definitely, we won't get too deep into this today, but I think it is worth saying we do not want to get into the game of justifying any wrong with another. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it is indeed possible. As you've mentioned before to walk and chew gum, we can condemn the murder of George Floyd and the violence of the looters. (laughs) It is actually possible to be opposed to both without diminishing the real harm of either one,
0: despite what media and folks on the Facebook machine might say.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, you you would know more about that than me. I'll be honest, Eric. I sort of gave up on following the news years ago. It's yeah. it's just not just not worth the. Uh, yeah, two wrongs don't make a right. I think all of us here are in agreement with that, so I don't know yeah. if it's worth arguing about. Yeah. And it's
0: like the people will say, "Well, what about the Boston Tea Party?" Uh, well, that was a single act. And does does anyone think that I mean they they were wrong to throw <laughs> to steal somebody else's property and to throw it in the harbor? I mean, um, you know, that's just
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, well. Also, we don't want to go down that that road because if we're going to talk about even the, the justification of the revolution in itself, you and I, I think, are on different uh, pages when it comes to that. We are. You hate America, and I love America. <laughs> sure. but, we, but we, but we, Today, we both agree on on some things. Uh, for, for example we fighting injustice with injustice brilliant uh, so so uh, i think tank is channeling his inner ben shapiro i know you're a big shapiro fan did you hear his rant yet he was in rare form yesterday rare really? form
0: was it, what, where was it? Facebook, YouTube? Uh,
1: oh, I, it I typically watch him on YouTube. It, it, okay. It's the daily show that he does. I don't, I don't watch it every day, but I just knew it was going to be
0: a really <laughs> special one yesterday. So. Oh, you and I were talking earlier today. Um, we we're just talking a little, we were actually just having a good conversation about some theological matters. And what I said, I channeled my inner Ben Shapiro. And what, what did I say, Luke, about uh, facts? God's truth doesn't care about your feelings. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, or God, yeah. God's truth is supposed to hurt your feelings. No, that and was it. God's truth, yeah,
1: yeah. yes. God's truth is supposed to hurt your feelings. I, I like Pickford's point. Maybe it, maybe at some point we'll tackle the the justice or injustice of the revolution, but not today. We're not going to do that today. <laughs> today, uh, I want Eric to tell us all why he named himself after the doll from the horror movies. I did not name myself. Actually, my kids. My wife had to drop the kids off for me uh,
0: here at the church because she had like a physical therapy appointment, and. Um, so my kids looked at my computer and saw Chucky was on there. And my daughter was like, wait, Chucky, like the, the doll, the evil demon doll, I think she called it. <laughs> and I said, no, uh, not the evil demon doll. Oh, uh, the, mouse.
1: The, the mouse from the, uh, the restaurant with the Chucky cheese. Yeah.
0: Chucky cheese. No, that's not it. So I got some, I got some, uh, I ended up purchasing a t-shirt from, our boy Paul Cox over at Ref Tunes. I got this T shirt. Came yeah. in yesterday, and it's a picture of Charles Spurgeon. So you know, I call him Chucky because
1: you're because you're boys. You're on 1st name.
0: Boys. We're boys like that. <laughs> so um, I get nicknames for all for all these guys. Man, Thomas Watson, T Watt, um, or T
1: Dub. Uh, you should shorten his name to yeah. T Watt. <laughs> if you just say the first sound <laughs> uh
0: richard baxter i like to refer to affectionately as dicky b okay yeah
1: yeah, yeah. um yeah what, what, I don't. Do you, what do you call calvin
0: what do i call calvin johnny no i just call him calvin <laughs> <laughs>
1: i like marty for luther
0: marty man we should we should have that as like our intro for Thursday. Just just give nicknames to all of these historical figures.
1: That is such a great idea. I but agree. it should be
0: like the the worst nicknames. Like not not. And I don't mean like crude nicknames. I just mean like doesn't make any sense. No no
1: no, no. It, It's the kind of name that that your that your actual dude friends would give you because secretly yeah. we want to make sure the nickname is something we can use to make fun of each other. Yeah that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm on board. So, so why are you solo scriptura? Well, because today we're going to talk about um, theological study, and we're going to have we're going to agree, I think, on ninety percent. But on the ten percent we disagree. I'm going to accuse you, so you know ahead of time, of not actually. Um, believing in the sufficiency of scripture but we'll get there and i will just shake my fist
0: at you and refer to you as a heretic <laughs>
1: so I, mean, I think we're probably even here.
0: <laughs> but no, what, what are we going to talk about today eric so we are going to talk about the why and the how of studying theology the how and the why of studying theology so um i actually took notes today i actually prepared um good for you yeah yeah so the first, we're gonna we're gonna have two questions that we're gonna answer, and then we're gonna have some practical tips. Okay, so why should we all study theology? How mm. should we study theology? And then some practical tips. Okay, so I guarantee you, I don't care if you are a pastor, a layman, a a recent convert to Christianity, or someone who's been in the faith for a thousand years. Mm. Uh, this is we're going to talk about why and how you in your personal life should be studying theology. Yeah. So Luke, first, do you even know, like, because you don't read books. Uh, you So,
1: and we've had this conversation. You don't read books. Time out. I would yeah. like the record to show. I know this was off the record, but when Eric talked to me this morning, I actually showed him I was in fact reading a book when he called me.
0: Yeah. Well, Harry Potter doesn't count.
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> It's a great, it's great for understanding theology, you know? (laughs) So we're, so
0: studying theology does not begin or end with studying big theological works. Okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't begin and end there, but they can be tools. And we'll talk about that later, but what is the study of theology?
1: Yeah. So I think in the simplest possible definition you can give of theology is the study of God. Um, I would Sort of narrow that to Christian theology, which is obviously what we're talking about, which is the study of God according to His revelation of Himself in the Scriptures.
0: Right. Would you add anything to that? Uh, nope. I think you kind of nailed it. Uh, so the uh, theology is the study of God. Simply put, you are you are a theologian. Everybody, whether they are, are a Christian or not, has mm-hmm. a theology. Yeah. You can be a good and accurate theologian, or you can be a heretic mm-hmm. like
1: Luke. So, I would just like to point out, we're 15 minutes in the podcast. I've barely said anything. You've already twice accused me of heresy. As well. No, no, no. I've
0: accused you of heresy once and said that when we get to a certain point, I'm going to <laughs> accuse you again. <laughs> um So since I, before the foundation of the show, I accused you of heresy, but I've yet to actually accuse you. The, the action uh, of the accusation.
1: You're in rare form today. The, uh, one, one of the things I really appreciate you – saying about this is that everyone is in fact a theologian one of the things that i like to tell people is that the statement that theology doesn't matter is actually a theological statement because what what, what, yeah obviously a bad and wrong one but it is it is a theological statement because what you're saying is theology doesn't matter to god you're saying something about god when you try to claim that the the theology doesn't matter in essence you're saying that god doesn't care about himself Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I also appreciate your point, which, which I, which is just perfect, which is that, um, theology isn't just some sort of weird pseudoscience over here. And the way that we think about the giant tomes and the institutions and the people with lots of letters before their name who have arguments over words. We don't understand theology is actually the foundation of your whole world view Mm -hmm. who you believe God is or is not, Mm -hmm. uh, And what you believe about that God, or lack thereof, is actually going to determine almost everything about the way that you view the world and yourself. Mm -hmm. That's
0: right. So, Luke, ask me why we should all study theology. Eric, why should we study theology? Ah, Well, Luke, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) I have eight reasons why we should study theology. And you know what? The notes that I have on here, you can uh, you can either get them for free on Instagram. I posted them on Instagram, although it's not a good picture of them. But I also post it uh, in our Bible banter Patreon. So the eight reasons why you should study theology. Are you ready? I feel like – what's the late-night television show where he's got like ten reasons or ten things? Letterman. Um, yeah, Letterman. So we'll pretend this is Letterman. To know God. We study theology to know God, to know what God says about our relationship with him, to know what God says about the world, to help us pray, to help us unite in the faith, to evangelize and make disciples, to have confidence in the
1: faith, and he commands it. Hmm. Boom. That's your eight right there. I'm I'm curious. I agree with that last point, but I'm curious um, which scripture references you would mention with as that command. Uh,
0: well, there are many, so mm-hmm. we can look at Deuteronomy six, and where you know Moses tells Israel to write these statutes on their hands. Uh, to me, that sounds like we should get tattoos of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's another story. You can't help it. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, so I'm just kidding, by the way, folks. I'm not saying that you should get a tattoo. Of, uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't get a tattoo, but I'm not saying that that's justification for a tattoo. So uh, so we see that in Deuteronomy 6. We've seen in Ephesians 5 uh, and 6. But uh, primarily, I have in mind Matthew 28 in the Great Commission. And we often think of the Great Commission as go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then we stop there uh, and we just say like, ah, you've made a convert. Yay. It's like, no, someone has come to Christ. Now you have this incredible responsibility because Jesus also says, teach them all that I have commanded you. Not, not like some of the things, but all. Mm-hmm. And thankfully God gives us a lifetime to learn him and commune with him and increasingly uh, see our love for him abound. So that's, that's why. Pretty good list. I got nothing to add. Okay. Well, you don't want to ask, like, well, how does it help us pray? How does it unite us in the faith?
1: Well, isn't that getting to the how? Oh, you mean, oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. You mean how How does the study of theology help us to do those things? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. I thought I thought for a minute, isn't that the next question we're going to no, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. Uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, why don't you go down the list and start answering and I'll chime in. Okay.
0: So we should study theology to know God because simply put, God wants to be known.
1: Mm. Now that's a really, that's a really important point. Cause I'll tell you, I increasingly run into this sort of the vague, um, spirituality of our sort of time and culture right now of, well, well, of course I believe in God, but he's not really knowable, you know? And, you know, he's infinite and I can't really understand him which which is why it's so important that the well now see this is where we're going to start getting into the how uh, when when we talk about studying theology we're talking about uh studying the God revealed in scripture it's a God who revealed himself yeah,
0: yeah. well you have his you have um special revelation which is the word of God and you have general revelation which is nature and all things that we can see in front of us but we're talking specifically about the, the theology that we can derive or learn from the scriptures, the special yep. revelation of God. And he well, desires for us to know him through that.
1: I like Bickford's reference, grow. That's a good word. Mm-hmm.
0: So to know God uh, or to know what God says about our relationship with him. That's the second one. I mean, he He wants us to know him, but also wants us to know what our relationship with him is like, what its foundation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, our foundation on our relationship with God is the blood of Christ, his sacrifice. We've been reconciled to him. We've been united to Christ. We've been made brothers with yeah. him.
1: And, and, by, yep, and by understanding our relationship with him, we come to understand ourselves. Yes, we, we are defined by our relationship to and with God. That's right.
0: To know what God says about the world.
1: I I mean, that's really important right now when you've got a whole lot of voices trying to uh, tell us how how the world operates and why it is the way that it is. Uh, That's as relevant now as it's ever been.
0: Well, I would say this. If we'd had a proper theology of man, of the nature of man, from the foundation of our country, Mm -hmm. slavery would not have been, uh, you know, because a lot of people used scripture and used the Christian faith to justify their, um, their enslavement of african Americans, well, a robust theology would have butted up against that, you know, would have really challenged the, that idea that to justify scriptures
1: for slavery. Now, I do have a question here about terms that I'd be, um, I'd be interested to sort of hear your thoughts on. Because um, when we start talking about sort of theology as covering a bunch of other theologies, things like anthropology and ecclesiology and pneumatology, do you think theology is, in fact, the best word? Because if you were to just literally translate the word theo- or, or understand the word theology as the study of God, you could technically say, well, now you're not talking about theology. You're talking about anthropology or ecclesiology. Um, I think it is helpful to use uh theology as an umbrella term that covers all those other things because your understanding of God is what's going to determine your understanding of those things. Would you agree with that?
0: Uh, Well, I would say that. So you're asking specifically about the helpfulness of terms?
1: Yeah, yeah. Specifically the term theology. Is is it in fact helpful to use the term theology to refer to a lot of these other studies, which aren't technically the study of God per se, but are ultimately determined by the theology that you have?
0: Well, the I think the terms are helpful in anything that you do. So if you're going to play baseball and you hear someone saying, wow, the Red Sox had eight points, you go, what's, you obviously know this person has no idea what they're talking about, about regarding baseball. They don't have points. They have runs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so when you, like one of the things that my kids really struggle with is when we watch hockey, they refer to things that like each period, because there's only three periods, they refer to them either as quarters or halves. It's like if there were quarters, there would be four of them. If there were mm-hmm. halves, there'd be two of them. I mean, right. but they don't yet grasp that, right? Mm-hmm. So when we have these terms in the, in, in our study of theology or, or at, you know, okay, the study of God, the study of man, the study mm-hmm. of all, all that— it allows us to have common terms that sometimes we have to define because sometimes people have a misunderstanding of what they mean, but it allows us to have that shorthand conversation rather than, um, you know, have to explain things over and over again.
1: But would you say that in your shorthand use of the word theology, it does encompass these other things that you're bringing up, like us, our relationship to God, the state of the world.
0: Yeah, I think it does because what it does is it reveals to us the true nature of of all of these other ologies, anthropology, eschatology, ecclesiology. They all are given to us by whom? God. That's it. So when people say man-made theology, the only man-made theology are the ones that are absent from the word of God and are not given to us by, by God. So a man made theology would be uh secular humanism. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would be essentially atheism and and all that um comes with that. Right. So we have to be careful. Some people some people say well all this man made theology and you know, perfect example is people some people don't like the term trinity because it's not in the Bible. Okay, well do we just keep saying the three in one god all the time or is it easier mm-hmm. to say trinity? Right. You know, it, it's obviously a concept that a plain reading of scripture uh, is easy to come to, but you just don't like the term. That's, yeah. I don't know. That's just.
1: So you, so, so we we agree. I, I don't disagree with you. We agree that theology is an effective umbrella term.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, okay. All right. My bad. So it helps us pray. It helps us pray because ultimately uh, our prayer life reveals our own theology, what we believe about God, what we believe about ourselves. Now that doesn't mean that you should be ashamed of your prayer life. You shouldn't be ashamed. You know, we're growing, right? Mm-hmm. What my what my son says, because uh, he almost always prays uh, at night for us as a family and for our community and all this other stuff uh, when we eat. So you can hear his theology as he prays. And his theology is quite simple um, because he's eight. <laughs> you know, so I'm not expecting my eight year old to give a sermon, or or to have the institutes memorized. Nor do I, right? I don't have them memorized either. But, um, you know, our prayer
1: life wait, is guarded wait. or guided by our theology. Oh, hold on, you've not memorized all of the institutes. What's wrong no, with you? Yeah,
0: I know. It's a big problem. I should probably take my shirt off with with spurgeon on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: I forgot you were wearing spurts, and at first I thought you were just offering to take your shirt off.
0: Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, Go on. uh, To help us unite in the faith. So one of the things, uh, I'm not going to share specifics, but you and I got into a text conversation this morning, and it led to us having a conversation Uh, in late morning about a a specific theological topic. And instead of, I mean, really, that conversation, I think was quite gracious and loving. And we were trying to understand each other's perspective and articulate it in terms that we could agree on and work from there. And it was something that at first glance was like, Well, we got a big difference of opinion. And -hmm. then we ended the conversation. We're like, oh, we're actually pretty close. Maybe we're exact. We just have to talk about it more. Mm -hmm. So uh, it helps unite us in the faith in that as we learn God and learn how he has created all things, um, that we're able to unite in belief. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I like Carolyn's note uh, about listening to people pray out loud tells a lot about their theology, absolutely, which is why, um, you know, you have – when Eric and I are are planning uh, like a Sunday morning service, we do have to think about the people who are praying publicly as teachers. The purpose of prayer is not necessarily primarily to teach, but when you're praying publicly, what they pray is in fact teaching the people something about God.
0: Its primary purpose isn't teaching but it is teaching,
1: Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Okay. To evangelize and make disciples. I mean, if you have, so if you believe that the Bible teaches that you are to evangelize, which is to share the gospel, to uh, proclaim the good news, you have already developed a theology of mission. (laughs) So you've, you're starting to build a, what we call a missiology or study of missions. Mm -hmm. And Uh, So our missiology should be grounded in the word of God. This is where people can really have a large contrast in their, uh, I think, their approach to missions, their approach to evangelism. Because some people will be very programmatic and very pragmatic, meaning they think that there is a specific program that you can use to evangelize. Or um, here's a perfect example. If If you build it, they will come. That was a mantra, uh, not only from the classic movie Field of Dreams, which everybody should watch, but it's also the mantra of, of very much the 70s, 80s, and 90s churches that thought if you build a building, people will come to it. That is your missiology. You're saying you're winning people to, you're winning people to Christ on the basis of having a big building or a new building or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if we have a sports program or this or that, it's going to bring people in sorry folks i i mean i staunchly disagree with that missiology Mm -hmm. uh although it can be although you might draw people you're drawing people to sports you're drawing people to a building um christ never like he preached himself he preached the goodness he preached the kingdom of god he didn't say let's build a new building let's build a new temple
1: so I, I so appreciate where you're taking this conversation, because I think this one is what really starts to drive home this idea that everyone does theology, whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the the choices that we make as a church as to how we minister actually reflect our understanding of God and his word. Mm-hmm. It, 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 this is a theological issue. What the church is supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. Those are, in fact, affected by your understanding of God's revelation of himself in his word.
0: Yes. All issues are theological in its foundation.
1: Well, all issues, except for maybe your terrible views on star Wars, as bad as they are. I wouldn't. call them theological. <laughs>
0: okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> all right. Uh, to have confidence in the faith theology grant, like the more we study and know God, the more confidence we have in him. You know, it's almost like we, uh, I, we got to tell people how they can have a better, like we need to give people the five steps on having a better marriage. If, if all, if only you, you come and, and pray Jesus into your heart, which is not a thing, but if you can pray Jesus into your heart, your whole life is going to be new. And we got to sell people on that. Um, no, that's not that you're going to have confidence because what happens, this is what happens. If you quote unquote, pray Jesus into your heart, And people promise you that your life is going to get much better. Your marriage is going to get much better. You're going to come into wealth. I I was at a church once that promised that if you increased how much you gave to the church and you didn't get a financial um, blessing in 90 days, that they would give you your money back. You're (laughs) (laughs) – kid you not. Kid you not. So – yeah and I so the, the that's ridiculous, but yeah. with that said what you're doing instead of building a theological foundation and finding hope in Christ and finding hope in God, you're finding hope in in either monetary blessing or some physical blessing that could come now who who knows what happens after you come to faith you might run into some sort of financial blessing you might not, but Jesus never he promises persecution, not profit. Mm -hmm. so uh if you come into the faith looking for financial gain or profit as i mentioned um -hmm. you're you're coming for the wrong thing you 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 know uh so the more we learn about god the more we learn about our relationship to him and how he has created the world the more we realize uh that we can have confidence in him and not the temporary nature of this world
1: yeah and i think this is an interesting point about confidence coming from theology when we look at the two uh it was one of them that you knew about but i was aware of the other one uh you mentioned the lead singer of hawk nelson stepping away from the faith and the reasons that he gave Uh, and i mentioned how his reasons looked an awful lot like the former Hillsong artist who stepped who um sort of fell away from the faith a year or two ago and how they both made this claim that they had all these questions that had no answers to, to which you and I are going, wait, what are you talking about? These are questions that theologians have been wrestling with for literally thousands of years. And yeah. yes, there are answers. Uh, and it's if, like your
0: question was answered in the, in the fourth century, bud. Like what, yeah. what are you, what are you talking about? There are no mm-hmm. answers. You just yeah. didn't, you just didn't want to look for
1: them or you're looking on the wrong places. But, but when you're, but when you're sold puddle deep theology, um, why? Why should we be surprised when people look around, sort of, at their theological structure and go, "There's nothing here." No, there's not. There's a whole ocean that you should have been plunged into. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, an immeasurable ocean. One in which you and I talked about earlier when we were on the phone, where we are at, we are finite beings, and God is infinite. He's mm-hmm. infinite. We we are finite, and you know there are some things that we're just never going to grasp because of our own uh intellectual limitations uh and and we have to be okay with that but most of the questions that people have like the individuals you just mentioned there are a plethora of answers mm-hmm. and that's why we can't when when someone comes to faith we can't just say all right well just come every sunday morning and we'll consider you a member of the church mm-hmm. like no, this is this is a lifelong pursuit of your Savior. This mm-hmm. is a lifelong pursuit of the one who has purchased you by His death, like by His blood. He has died. Mm-hmm. He has brought you into this kingdom, into this fellowship. Mm-hmm.
1: So we need to study. We need we need these things, and we need each other for it. Bigford, I can't say Amen loud enough. The whole council of God. Awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, another ex- another reason why you need ex- expository preaching. <laughs> the whole council
1: we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll say we'll save that discussion for another day right. I agree, but i agree right. lastly the eighth uh why the eighth reason
0: you should study theology is he commands it uh but we already discussed that one he mm-hmm. does command it and we should joyfully submit to god not reluctantly but joyfully submit to him he is our creator but he is also our redeemer mm-hmm. so you have when you come into the faith you no longer have your life is his
1: yeah. I, I'll say this too. We should joyfully submit, but reluctant submit submitting is better than no submitting at all. So if you hear us talking about this and you're going like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's fine for you to feel that way. Do it anyways.
0: Reluctant submission can turn into joyful submission. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. I think of the parable of the two sons, the one who said, yes, I'll do that and didn't. And the one who said, no, I won't. And did. If you, if you got to do it moaning and groaning, still worth doing. Yes. That's right. All right, should we get to the part where we're going to fight now?
0: We're not going to fight. How should we study theology? These are actually really easy. If uh, if you followed me on Instagram, Luke, uh, which I tagged you in the post, you'd see what I wrote on my paper.
1: I I don't I don't get on Instagram, man. about well, kids and their newfangled contraptions. I'm get on the IG, their, man. Their interwebs and their book faces. I don't do that stuff.
0: Okay. Anyway, I have eight things. eight eight considerations for how we should study theology we should study theology prayerfully Mm -hmm. we should study it humbly we should study charitably we should study worshipfully devotionally with open ears hearts and minds communally
1: and critically well goodness gracious, I can't disagree with any of that, man. All right, let's let, let let's walk through those because those are wonderful and then we'll fight at the end. Because I love everything you just said. So let's man. go line by line.
0: Look at this. You you and I, man, we're we're like brothers from another mother.
1: <laughs> Funny enough, my family has actually had discussions in which we wondered if that was the case. If what? <laughs> if you were actually my <laughs> half-brother from some distant
0: that never happened uh, well i'm i'm humbled luke that i would be the object of your family's conversation
1: <laughs> just, just know that when when we talk about you eric we talk about you in the context of uh, <laughs> uh, of hypothetical hypothetical <laughs> never mind i can't even pursue it without speaking really inappropriately <laughs> Move oh on. my
0: goodness oh man Well, if it's any any consideration, I've had other people here at Hickory Grove go like, man, you guys are really alike.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, we'll theorize on that another day.
0: Okay. Um, But we are brothers, man. We're brothers in Christ, which is far greater than familial love.
1: That's right. I I heard a really great line the other day from Vadi Bauckham. Blood is thicker than water, but the cross is thicker than that.
0: Mic drop. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So prayerfully, we should be praying through theology. We should be praying um, as we're studying, whether we're studying the scriptures or studying a theological work, um, we should be doing so and praying that God would open up our eyes, our hearts and guide us through um, re- revealing to us. I mean, when I pray every single uh, Sunday before, uh b- before I open up the word, before we actually get into the text of scripture, I pray specifically that the Holy Spirit would illuminate for us the word of God. And that's what we should be doing when right. we approach theology. Right. Humbly, uh, this is something that uh, Calvinists of my ilk and, and others, we get, um, we lack humility a lot. Okay, we call him cage stage Calvinist. I have been there. And some of you who might be watching go Oh, I remember when he was like that. Um, and maybe I, maybe I still have some of the lack of humility.
1: What? you mean? I remember when he was like that last week.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a difference between me being tongue in cheek and me like, you know, so, um, you know, so we need to be humble. Uh, humble orthodoxy. I think there's actually a book about uh, called "Humble Calvinism." Actually, someone shared that it was it was free. A ebook of it is free somewhere on the interwebs. Um, hum, we should be humble in our approach to theology, and the reason we should be humble is that our our pursuit of knowing God presupposes that we have a lack of knowledge. So, in your study of the Word of God or in a theological work already admits okay it it willfully admits that you lack some kind of knowledge that's it that's that's where we should stand from so we are trying to learn so we should be humble and then when we understand something and someone else doesn't we shouldn't go nanner 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 you know we shouldn't we shouldn't mock other people we should be humble and graceful uh when we communicate
1: no, I agree with that, but get on to the next one because I'm real excited to talk about the next one. Charitably. Mm-hmm. Charitably. That, that that is the one that, um, in my experience, personal experience, I see the most disregarded. Is we we need to be able and willing to vehemently defend doctrine, especially uh, when it comes to essential, foundational Christian truth uh the this morning i so appreciated your willingness and and we won't get into the details but i will just mention to the folks i don't mind saying it did have something to do with christology and i so appreciated you being willing to push back on that because as you said it matters it matters what we believe about jesus however um if you really desire to have theological conversations with people you have to give them the benefit of the doubt and be willing to try to present and represent their views to them with the best in the best possible light and as accurately as you can. Uh, it's it's stunning how often we see Christians, and I've been guilty of this, absolutely waylaying one another theologically, um, and especially in the era of blogs where 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 it's not even interaction it's just you writing an article about someone um we can defend doctrine without resorting to misrepresentation and uh without resorting to assuming the worst so i i really resonate with that one
0: yeah i think there there's definitely a place for sarcasm and snarkiness excuse me but it's between friends mhm but I'd also, I'd also be okay with, with having that type of sarcasm and snarkiness against straw men. So, mm-hmm. you know, painting a certain picture and, and lambasting it, I'm okay with. However, if I'm talking to Luke and he's a complete heretic and, you know, I, I, I don't know. How many times did I threaten to burn you at the stake this morning? <laughs> at least twice. At least twice. <laughs> so uh, I would not say that to someone who I didn't know. Right. right. Because I don't actually um, want to burn you at the stake. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe somewhere in my deep, dark mind, I would love to. Um, but <laughs> in, our, in, in all actuality, I don't.
1: Someone, someone clip Eric admitting his deeply <laughs> repressed psychological urges to murder me
0: by fire. Um, well, if it's good enough for Calvin, it's good enough for me
1: and fair okay. enough to be fair too is it really murder if i'm really a heretic at that point it's just justice amen amen um so this, <laughs> joking aside this this is exactly the kind of attitude that eric and i are taking that you should not take with someone who's not a good friend
0: yeah yeah so we can say this to each other you can, and um you can say to us we don't care you know just but like if someone i don't know is like oh man the, i here's a perfect example. This is what can often happen in theological circles. We had your mother on, what, a month and a half ago now. Mm. And we had her talking about egalitarianism right. or women in ministry and what their role is. And you and I have a differing view. Although, as your mom expressed it, I think she's closer to us than than egalitarianism. But well, that's, an, that's another. Less to
1: to than she is to the egalitarians. So and I'm I was surprised by that too.
0: Yeah, so that's another story for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, or And that's a conversation f- for us to have with her personally mm-hmm. not not out in the open but some reformed circles um some compliment, complimentary complementarian circles would blast us would kill us on the interwebs yep. and and essentially call us liberal theologians they would uh think of us as heretics because we had her on and gave her a platform to to speak about those things and that we didn't push back enough yeah. so um you know th- that's that's the type of thing we're saying there's no room for. We are not to do those things. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone has a problem with us having someone with a differing view on the show, mm-hmm. okay, take issue with that, and we can converse about it, but don't attack us uh, personally.
1: Yeah. Uh, not that that's happened. We're not large enough. <laughs> We're not large enough to have that happen. You actually brought up the perfect conversation that exemplifies this principle because the other thing that happened in that conversation was that we learned something about her and her view of that issue that we had assumed would be different. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, that conversation went very differently than I thought it would. But because, uh, by the grace of God, we exercised charity, we were, we were able to come to a much closer understanding and a better understanding than we would have expected if we had simply taken the view that because she believes differently than us, she's wrong, and our job is uh, essentially either to— tear apart what she what she believes or to um make sure that we espouse our view and don't give her a proper platform yeah right that that's the opposite of charity uh we are to exercise in theology with charity so i love that one it's perfect for what we do on the show
0: uh next worshipfully uh i got this quote Uh, From J.I. Packer He says, theologies that cannot be sung or prayed for that matter are certainly wrong at a deep level and such theologies leave me in both senses cold-hearted and uninterested
1: I I will never stop clapping for that quote
0: Yeah, Uh, uh, J.I.P. He's got it down He's still alive. He's like 90-something years old and one of the best theologians of the last century I love J.I. Packer um so good but, but what's what's important is that doctrine okay because do, you know we kind of think of doctrine as like the little if you look at theology as the big umbrella the doctrines are everything that fall under that
1: doctrine leads to doxology hmm. yeah which is which is exactly what we see in the letters of paul i love the fact that paul's in the middle of explaining some technical theological thing and then he just starts praising god it's awesome Pama's comment's really interesting. Over the years, I've learned sarcasm can be hurtful even to those we know and love. Some people never grasp sarcasm. We must all be careful in how and what we say, even when it's scriptural, not to come across as a know-it-all. Ears and hearts are easily closed. Well said, Pama. Yeah, um, good. Even as someone who can be a little bit snarky at times, I agree with everything that you said. Yeah. I give you
0: license to be as sarcastic with me as you like, Luke. Well... I'll give only as much as I get. That's fair. Um, devotionally, it should be devotional. So it should lead us to devotion. It leads us to worship. So theology leads us to worship. It also leads us to devotion. Uh, are you still clapping? I told you I was never going to stop clapping for that quote. Yeah, we should make this show twice as long as normal then. <laughs> Although when we do go long, it makes life a lot more difficult for for Tom to <laughs>
1: upload another. Let's let's be kind to Tom today. We won't go more than 75 minutes.
0: Let's go three times as long as normal. <laughs>
1: um,
0: we should do so with open ears, hearts, and minds. We should read works that we disagree with. Perfect example. Uh, I have this terrible theological work written by Elmer Towns. He's a professor at um, Liberty University, my alma mater, and uh, he's great brother in Christ, but he, it's, it is an Arminian book. It, okay. Um So just so you know, I do have heresy in my, in my library. And I,
1: don't, I, I somehow missed the fact that you're a Liberty guy. Some, yeah. someday off, off stream, I'll ask you about Jerry Falwell. I won't do that now. Carry on. Carry on.
0: Yeah. Let's not talk about JFJ. Yeah. Um, so, so actually before I even knew who John Calvin was, I, I believed in predestination. I believed in the so- the absolute sovereignty of God, but then I, when I went to Liberty, and I was taking a, my two systematic theology courses, and and I had to use this as my textbook. It's called Theology for Today, Elmer Towns. I encourage you, no matter your theological persuasion, to pick it up because it's just interesting. Um, and he and he has some arguments against Calvinism that just are intellectually dishonest and and fall on their face. And you and I was like. Wait, maybe I should look into this Calvinism thing. What is this? And then as I as and then yeah. as like I started like reading into Calvinism, I'm like, wait, this is <laughs> this is what I believe.
1: <laughs> so wait, wait. On our, on our minion brought you to Calvinism? Yeah, man. God <laughs> ordained it. So um, God was, I mean,
0: again, a great brother in Christ. I'm joking about him being a heretic. Um, of course, but, uh, you know, he's probably done more f- more in the faith and for the cause of Christ than I ever will. So God bless him. But his textbook is just not good. Uh, so <laughs> just goes to show just because you're famous doesn't mean um, – and he is famous in some circles. Uh, but just because you're well-known doesn't mean you should write a book. And it's kind of like uh, – no, I won't talk about that. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, so go into it with open ears, open hearts. And open minds
1: mm-hmm.
0: which means that brings me to communally and critically communally discuss in groups and use multiple types of material don't read from a singular perspective read multiple perspectives but also do it in groups have someone that you're go you're, that you will and be don't be afraid to make an error don't be afraid to say something that doesn't make sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: um know it's like the whole idea maybe maybe people uh who are are watching or listening have used this example when they explain the trinity that god is like h2o you know liquid gas and ice right uh or or liquid gas and solid no god is not like that that is heretical that's modalism okay um because you can't because h2o cannot be all three at the same time god is the father son and holy spirit all at the same time Mm -hmm. so I mean, we'll talk about that at a different time, but don't be afraid to like go out on a limb and go, oh, wait, this is what I think. And then go, no, 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 wait, hold on. Let's, let's go back to what the scriptures say. Yeah. And we should be, we should be helping each other in that, in that walk. And don't be a jerk to people who, who, who open themselves up like you did to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I could have very easily uh, just written you off. And oftentimes yeah. that's what happens. Yeah, and
1: um, yeah, yeah. So. I, I I so appreciate the point that you just made about not being able, not being afraid to say the wrong thing. This is part of why God gave us each other, right? That we're, this is part of the reason that we're not trying to do Christian life, you know, as a hermit who never interacts with other believers. The uh, and this morning was a great example of maybe maybe what what I said, like, hey, this is how I'm understanding this issue. I even had sort of a feeling that like. Maybe maybe this is wrong, but if you don't say the those things out loud to someone, you can never be corrected. yeah,
0: yeah, totally critically, just because it's labeled as Christian doesn't mean that it is Christian. just because you like a particular author doesn't mean they are right about all things or even most things mm-hmm. so uh. You know, I'll use Billy Graham as an example, which was an example I was going to use before, and I said I wasn't going to do it because I didn't want to get in trouble. But I think I can say it. Please be uh, kind to me. But Billy Graham was never well known as a theologian. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fair. He was a great evangelist. Mm -hmm. Tremendous. Again, has done more for the cause of Christ and the proclamation of the gospel than probably everybody who's listening and watching, including ourselves, have done combined. However, him writing a book about angels and developing your theology or angelology on that book is, is not good. <laughs> and, and, you know, and you can disagree with Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, you can disagree with John Calvin. I disagree with John Calvin on, on a number of things. Mm-hmm. but he's the guy that I read the most because I love how he writes about things. He his, his com his commentaries are very devotional, very worshipful. It is the best way we should be writing about theology. It's always doxological. So that's why I love him. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I disagree with him. Perfect example. When he, when he, his the or his um, commentary on the Hebrew on the uh, the book of Hebrews, he, he refers to paul as the author of hebrews mm-hmm. we know now with, with textual criticism that paul was we don't know who the author of hebrews is mm-hmm. but we definitely know it's not paul
1: yeah but the basis upon which we have disagre- we we exercise that disagreement is scripture which i think i think is really i know we keep heart you know beating that drum but it, it's on purpose the way that we think critically about theology is by always submitting our theological ideas to the scriptures themselves
0: so we want to be we want to be critically we want to use our minds we want to look at something and say i'm not going to buy into this hook line and sinker let me think about it if there's a concept that's new stop and wrestle with it stop and study it and look at the look at the scriptural references look at what don't just gloss through them but look them up and that might take you a long time you have a long time, hopefully. So yeah. it should be a pleasure. This isn't something that's just an intellectual exercise for the purpose of being intellectual. It's an exercise in growing in your faith and growing in in what God can reveal to you. And you look through that, your devotion to him increases. Yeah. Your love for him increases.
1: That's good. We, uh, read, read the J.I. Packer quote one more time so I can stop clapping.
0: Theologies? that cannot be sung or prayed for that matter are certainly wrong at a deep level In such theologies leave me in both senses, cold, cold hearted and uninterested. Awesome. Okay, good. That was getting, that was getting tiresome to look at. <laughs> My thumb's <laughs> hurt. <laughs> Although apparently we learned today that you're not a man of your word because you said that you wouldn't stop clapping.
1: Well, I- yeah, I mean, I didn't swear by anything because, you know, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. But yeah, my, yeah. Yes was, my yes was no in this case.
0: Yeah. Which another topic for another day would be whether or not Christian
1: should take like be under oath. Uh, that, that'll, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. I want to get to the tips. Do you want to address Carolyn's comment or should we save that for another day? Because I feel like that's a whole nother can of worms. I appreciate the comment, Carolyn. I just don't know if we want to try to tackle that at the end of the yeah. show.
0: Yeah. I don't know if we have time today to tackle um, that particular comment, but it's a good comment. And I, you know, again, we need to be charitable. Um, I, To me, Trinity is a great word for shorthand, but you might not like it. That's fine. I just don't know how, you know, if we're having a conversation about God, to me, Trinity is a great shorthand term to use rather than keep referring to as three and oneness. Right. Right. Um, so, um,
1: I I would just say this, because I cause as someone who grew up having Christian, I do know a lot of people who who aren't fans of the word. I think if you don't like the word, that's fine. I still need to be able to talk to you about the nature of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's that's the key bit. The reason we use the word trinity is to make it clear who Jesus actually is. And even if you reject the word trinity, I'm actually fine with that. But we still need to talk about the nature of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um practical tips use a catechism the catechism that we've been using is theological Mm -hmm. um so you can use it i use the catechism in my devotional time and it's almost like if you're looking at beginner level stuff catechism is perfect it is very beginner level it it's it's in a format that's easy to remember even if you don't memorize you can still remember and uh which is wonderful and they all have the Advent Christian Catechism or the Blessed Hope Catechism. Um, the tremendous thing about it is it has the Scripture right there for you with other Scripture references, and it's just good to look through that. So you can use it either as your primary level of devotion, uh, devotional, or and I'm not I'm not telling people they have to do devotions. I think we over uh, emphasize that. But you should be reading your Bible. So if you want to use it as a plan to read your Bible, well, great. Look at the Scripture, but look at it in context, and you can read through it that way. It's a systematic way through um, the 160 biggest questions that at least we think are, are important. Mm-hmm. Um, although in a recent conversation with uh, a couple of other pastors, it seems like we could probably add something about the Ten Commandments a little bit, something a little bit more robust mm-hmm. with some of the other great catechisms of the faith do include. Uh, By a systematic theology buy a systematic theology and actually uh bigford was supposed to drop some links on our page or in the comments with some of this but i think he stopped watching because he had he had something for his church at three o'clock so um i'm going to list some of these and maybe luke can drop them in the comments later yeah, yeah. but uh buy a systematic theology this should be in every home okay i think everybody should have a systheo even if it's just for reference and i have five recommendations And I'll tell you why. Now, how you use them could be very different because people learn differently. You could read just a little bit every single day. You could read it weekly. I know of um, one pastor who, over the course of three years, read Reformed Dogmatics, which is this, uh, those four books right there, they all look the same, Reformed Dogmatics, Um, read it over the course of three years, only on Saturdays. So you just took like a morning every Saturday and read it, read, you know, you had a set reading pattern. That's great. So you can do that or you can just read a little bit every day or a little bit every week. Maybe it's a, a paragraph or a specific concept or a chapter. You got to figure that out. you got to see how you learn, how much you can read. And the, the great thing about it is that mo- the best, the best systematic theologies will be littered with scripture. The best systematic theologies will will quote scripture uh, abundantly, and at a minimum give you scripture references that are that go along with it. So so it's almost like don't take my word for it. Go to read. Go read the Word. You know. So that's important. So here are five recommendations: John Frame's Systematic Theology and Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. I consider to be almost interchangeable i ha i don't agree with either of them a hundred percent one's a baptist one's a presbyterian wayne grudem i f- i have some issues with his um with a particular item of theology of his which is the eternal subordination of the Son. but that is a whole nother thing for the <laughs> that, most-
1: that, that'll be a, that'll be a fun one for another day
0: yeah so so that's that's an aside uh, aside from that aspect it's really readable. In fact, I, when I was in youth ministry down in Augusta, Georgia, I had a 10th grader use it as a textbook in, in 10th grade in their Christian high school. So it it is, it is very readable, but so is John frame. Um, Maybe, maybe frame is a step up from, from Grudem as far as readability, but it's, uh, I, I like frame better than, than Grudem. Then, um lewis burkoff systematic theology so lewis Burkhoff, uh man i forget when he died but that that's kind of the turn of the 20th century i believe what century we're no yeah, yeah yeah like right around the time of going in from the 19th to the 20th century um lewis burkoff and, and and really we're gonna as i'm going down this list each one was built off the other so um Louis Burkhoff really built off of Herman Bavinck, which again, is this, these four sets of book, right? Books right there. I think you can get those for like 150 bucks, that four volume set. It is very thorough and uh, Bavinck deals with a lot of historical stuff, a lot of context and really each of these theologies, uh, so, you know, your best theologies are also, or your more, more robust ones are going to deal with um, critical things, Uh Critical issues of their time period. So you see that more in Bavink than you do in Burkhoff. You don't see those things as much in Frame and Grudem. But Bavink, if you are a pastor or you really want to commit to studying for the rest of your life, Bavink is really good. You'll never run out of material. John Calvin, the Institutes of the Christian Religion. So there are a few translations. In fact, uh, I wish Bickford was, was here because he had one that I had not heard of that he said it was really readable. But I I was going to say the beverage translation, the Henry Beveridge translation. I have it here on my desk, and um, I really like it. Uh, although the battles translation is supposed to be a better quality translation or more accurate to, uh, I believe Calvin wrote in Latin, so it's actually. Uh, more accurate to the latin so those are those are five recommendations for si- systematic theologies so and each one kind of builds off the other so
1: yeah awesome.
0: um and then and then
1: oh, go ahead uh
0: so I, the other three practical tips ask questions of the text again read critically <laughs> so ask questions as you're studying look up the scriptures and then discuss with someone else
1: hmm and I, w- I would say this, too, if you're listening, um, I obviously don't know your pastor, but I would guess that if you reached out to this person with uh, interest in studying theology, either they would take the time or they would find you a teacher in the church who will take the time to do this with you. Um, and I have a group I- of guys at
0: my church that we, um, I've set up the framework for us to actually go through and, and study together. And so what I did was actually put together, I forget how many months the it is. It might be seven or eight months, but essentially, we're going to listen to all the lectures from RC Sproul that are available on Right Now Media, and mm-hmm. read the corresponding chapters of Burkoff, which I listed. Although Burkoff has, there's a summary of his systematic theology that's about this size. So his systematic theology is about this, and then there's a summary that's about like that. So I, I'm using the summary as like an introduction along with these lectures, right. and um, we're supposed to be doing that but covid other stuff we just haven't been able to do it yet
1: and i feel like you've said so much great stuff today that i agree with that it's not worth picking a fight with you right at the end here so let me say something i know you'll agree with point uh the best source of theology is scripture yes i love the fact that you mentioned the best extra biblical sources are the ones that constantly reference scripture so I don't, even, I don't even want to fight with you today. There's been too much good stuff you've said. We'll, we'll, ha- we'll haggle out details later. Yeah, cool. Hey,
0: remember, if you'd like to support the podcast and get access to other stuff um, that we're doing outside of here, including the notes uh, that I had today, because I just thought of putting it on the Patreon page. You can follow us or, or join the Banter Club on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Bible Banter. With that said, Luke, let's finish with the catechism.
1: Oh, man, do a little
0: theology here. So how did God, I don't know, how did God create all things? Okay, I, was, I thought that was the end of the question. I was like, wait, how did God? It, <laughs> you the, know, it's quite scholastic and, and philosophical.
1: Is you this, know, Is this the modern philosophical catechism? Just nonsensical questions. All right, ask me the whole question again. <laughs> how did God? Create all things. He ordered it through Amazon. Come on, that was funny.
0: That was funny. So you're saying, so, so your latest heresy is that God's God is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> 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 oh, Why don't you God. give us the real biblical answer? You, you know what, Pastor Luke, you need to be a little bit more reverent with the things of God.
1: Fair, fair enough. I received the criticism. How did God make all things?
0: He created all things out of nothing by his word. He is the only one able to make something out of nothing. Ex nihilo. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Boom. Boom. Yep. Boom. Ain't nobody else can create out of nothing. Not even Jeff Bezos.
1: it's difficult to even understand what that means to create something out of nothing. It's beyond uh it's beyond my capacity. You know what it does? It this the one of those theological truths that just drives me into worship. I I, I wanna sing did, to did, the God who can do the things I don't understand. You say it was beyond your capacity? Beyond my capacity to even imagine
0: well when your capacity is as limited as yours that's not hard to accomplish that's not really espousing any sort of worship
1: to god <laughs> i i you know what it's really unfortunate that i'm not in my game today because because that would have been the great the best opportunity for to like zing you back but it was so good i got not- Look.
0: Look you can't complain every single time we get together, like, "Oh, I'm not on my game today. dude, you're not on your game like I, I'm really
1: waiting for you to show up and be me, on your game. Let me tell you a little secret. so i um, I ran competitively for what was it? Almost ten years, Almost ten years, I was a competitive distance runner. I probably had hundreds of races over those ten years. <laughs> Two of them were good. There were two races in my whole career that I finished, and I was like, yeah, I did a good job. <laughs> <So> <laughs> wow. I gonna have to wait a long time before I show up to one of these. Luke, I, can I be honest with you? Are you ever anything else?
0: <laughs> that's fair. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's good, but I'll be honest with you, Luke. You are on your game more often than you than you give yourself credit. So I want you to know that, like I, you might not think you perform well, but you, my good sir, are a a, a tremendous blessing to me and, of course, the listeners.
1: Well, I'll I'll tell you another secret. I uh, I engage in self-deprecation so as to uh, set up some padding around myself. I could probably do that a little less and just stand on the uh, just stand. On the- you're even, you're even
0: criticizing yourself for receiving for, for receiving encouragement. <laughs> Have I proven my own point? I don't know. Like I don't even know how to think about that. This is beyond my capacity um, to really grasp. Uh, maybe maybe we need to ask more people to sign up for banter club so we can afford to send you to counseling. <laughs>
1: Even when you're expressing concern, you're insulting me. I was, was insulting. Have you never been to counseling before?
0: <laughs> Have you never been to counseling? No. I've or or is this
1: too personal? I've not, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been to counseling. Why, why is this suddenly a topic of discussion? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I've been to counseling. There's no shame
0: in going to see a psychologist or a counselor.
1: No. Absolutely or not. Or your pastor. Um, or your pastor. Yeah. No, look. Uh, and not even if it's even if he's not your pastor, I'll tell you, I had an experience a few months back where there was a young man um, who was working for one of my parishioners. He had no connection to the church. Um, and he was in a really dark place. And the my church member, who was his boss, you know, just directed him to me because like he didn't know where else to send him. And, um, you know, we're complete strangers and I had the opportunity for just a couple weeks to come alongside him and, um, listen to him and to speak as much of God's truth to him as he was willing to hear. And it, he wasn't a part of my church. I'd never met the guy. Uh, and still, you know, the Lord opened up that opportunity. So it's, uh, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. Cool. All right, man. I think uh, I it's a I think it's a good place to end it, Chucky. Well, you know it's kind of weird.
0: He's you know Charles Spurgeon was the Prince of Preachers,
1: and yeah.
0: weird to put in the you know the little name thing there at the bottom, Prince of Preachers. That'd be yeah, kind yeah. of
1: um, assuming quite a bit. So I wanna I w- I wanna close with a question. So I know that um, Spurgeon was a little bit heavy set. I suspect that. He really liked chicken to eat and he was, a, he was a he was a pretty smart guy so he was probably pretty good at checkers so would you say that Charles Spurgeon was a chunky chicky checky chucky
0: dude first off you don't know they like chicken two that you trying to make a joke using alliteration because you failed <laughs> We could have ended the show with you with like, oh, here's this nice moment. Eric's actually being nice to Luke for once and trying to pat him on the back. And then here's Luke trying to reject the nice the niceties. And and then they're talking about the importance of counseling and how people should go and get help. And you end with chunky,
1: chucky chicken. Wait, wait. He also he 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 was also sarcastic, so he was cheeky. He was a cheeky, chunky chicken a cheeky chunky fellow yes and sometimes he had trouble chewing his chicken so he was choky he was a choky chicky cheeky chicky chunky chucky <laughs> this is you've been waiting for me to come at my best eric this is my best it has arrived.
0: Just... Right. Get... no this is this is far from your best my friend <laughs> If this is your best, um, I can see why you had 200 or 1,000 terrible races. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I forgot to mention. Sometimes he would teach students with a chalkboard. So he was a chalky, chicky, chicky cheeky, chalky, chucky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're so stupid, man. So stupid.
1: <laughs> I think that's where we end the show.
0: Um, I there's there's definitely not more of this on our Patreon banter club. That's for sure. We do not put this kind of stuff on there. Um, This is the free stuff. Well, with stuff like that, what could keep people away from supporting
1: the podcast? Hey, hey! At least today we scared off all the viewers with puns instead of you insulting them. Puns? That's not a pun. You're
0: you're not. These aren't puns. You're alliterating. that sound, you think sounds funny, I don't think it sounds funny I'm laughing because of I'm laughing at you, not with you
1: the, the only thing that's funny about this is the rage in your eyes <laughs> <laughs> goodbye everybody thanks for joining us, study yeah. theology it, it matters. matters
0: yeah, maybe if Luke studied theology better he wouldn't be such a, so rude to the yeah. prince of preachers